This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, federal retirees will be able to take part in those government stimulus checks. Be careful, though. Whenever disaster strikes, scammers look to take advantage. And hospitals are getting coronavirus help from an unlikely federal agency. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Federal retirees are eligible for coronavirus stimulus checks. The IRS will automatically send them to Social Security recipients who did not file tax returns in 2018 and 2019. Social Security beneficiaries in that boat were originally supposed to submit a shortened tax return to get a stimulus check, but the Treasury Department decided to waive that step. $1,200 stimulus checks will go out to all Americans under a $75,000 salary threshold. Checks will be smaller for those who make more than $75,000. The IRS's Criminal Investigation Division warns taxpayers about a rise in scams mentioning coronavirus stimulus checks. The agency warns fraudsters may send phishing emails asking for banking information to speed up the process. In most cases, the IRS will direct deposit funds into the account on file for those who have filed their tax returns. The IRS will also have a secure portal online by mid-April for taxpayers who have filed but not yet provided direct deposit information. Four preservation and conservation specialists at the National Archives and Records Administration did some quick thinking and realized the equipment they use to deal with records damaged by floods, fires, or mold could help doctors and nurses fighting the coronavirus. Motion picture preservation specialist Heidi Holmstrom and Audrey Amidian and conservation lab employees Rachel Bartkus and Vicki Lee asked NARA leadership about donating supplies to the pandemic. Late last month, NARA sent N95 masks, nitrile gloves, gowns, and tie suits to the Washington, D.C. Emergency Management Response Team, which is working with the Health and Human Services Department to distribute and reallocate the donated supplies. Good government groups are urging the president and Congress to take new civil service recommendations seriously. The congressionally charted National Commission on Military, National, and Public Service says it has deep concerns about the federal workforce. They recommended changes to federal hiring, pay, and benefits. Now the Volcker Alliance, Partnership for Public Service, and others say the current civil service system is simply unsustainable. They say the current health crisis makes it clear the federal government lacks a long-term strategy to recruit and retain top talent. 28 federal executive boards got some high marks from the Office of Personnel Management in 2019. FEBs trained over 18,000 federal employees last year on emergency response, planning, and their own retirement benefits. These training exercises saved agencies over $8 million. FEBs also hosted job fairs and recruiting events. They partnered with the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service to host alternative dispute resolution training. FEB-sponsored programs resolved over 180 cases and saved over $10 million. A new proposed rule that will impact more than 22,000 contractors is out. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. The second piece to update Section 508 Accessibility Standards is almost ready. The Federal Acquisition Regulations Council issued a proposed rule to incorporate the revised requirements into the FAR. The new 508 standards includes 19 major changes and will apply to any technology bought after January 18, 2018. That is when the U.S. Access Board issued the new standards. 
One big change will require contracting officers to more clearly identify the 508 standard that vendors must adhere to in the solicitation. Comments on the proposal are due by June 1st. I'm Jason Miller. A bipartisan group of lawmakers and a handful of military advocacy groups want the Pentagon to help families financially strapped by the Defense Department's stop-move order. In a letter to Defense Secretary Mark Esper, the lawmakers asked DOD to issue guidance, allowing commanders to use the greatest breadth of relief efforts for families. The letter asks to empower commanders to use nonprofits, charities, and government resources to help families paying rent in more than one place or in risk of losing their homes. DOD's stop-move order keeps service members from moving on to their next orders until at least mid-May. Military families want more information from the Pentagon overall on COVID-19. Federal News Network Scott Massioni reports. A coalition of military communities is calling on the Defense Department for more transparency in its response to the COVID-19 outbreak. The Association of Defense Communities, which represents more than 300 military groups, sent a letter to Defense Secretary Mark Esper outlining the need to balance transparency with the operational security imperative of the military. The military is leaving much of the corona response to individual commanders, which can lead to confusing or conflicting policies. I'm Scott Massioni. The Navy has fired the captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, saying he showed poor judgment. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more on that. Captain Brett Crozier's name leapt into public view earlier this week when a letter he sent raising alarms about coronavirus issues on the carrier was published in the San Francisco Chronicle. Navy officials stopped short of accusing him of leaking the letter, but acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley says Crozier distributed the message to too many people. Navy officials say it raised unnecessary alarm for families and the public and mischaracterized the steps the service was already taking to help disembark the crew. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Defense industry advocates are asking Congress to extend the deadline on a law that prohibits the government from doing business with companies that use ZTE or Huawei equipment. In a letter, the National Defense Industrial Association and the Professional Services Council say the law's language is too broad and does not explicitly state critical definitions and compliance requirements. They add that abiding by the law may be difficult as many companies are putting their resources into the COVID-19 response. National security contract workers get continued attention from Capitol Hill. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Virginia Senator Mark Warner asks the Office of Management and Budget for clarification that contractors and their workforces won't be hurt. He says contractors got pretty good language in the stimulus bill, but he's concerned with the difficulty of working remotely on classified material. He says he doesn't want that community to be lost. He wants some of a $17 billion chunk of the stimulus money to help ensure security-cleared contractor workers don't scatter to the four winds. I'm Tom Temin. The Army National Guard finishes the initial rollout of its integrated personnel and pay system, Army. The program digitizes human resources, pay, and benefits actions for more than 330,000 Army Guard members. Soldiers can now submit documents, track the progress of personnel actions, and see who's supervising those actions, all from their phones. The Army is now focusing on expanding the system to reserve and active duty components. The service plans to finish that by the end of 2021. And the Defense Department looks to build workforce collaboration on artificial intelligence. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. DOD's Joint AI Center has set up a responsible AI champions pilot that'll train its personnel on the ethical use of AI on and off the field of battle. Employees in the pilot come from a wide swath of disciplines, from design and development to evaluation and verification of AI products. The pilot comes a little more than a month after Defense Secretary Mark Esper adopted AI principles that the Defense Innovation Board recommended last October. 
I'm Jory Heckman. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus at our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. 